I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. From cranberries to cows and everything in between, this is Forward Farming. Hey guys. Welcome back to Forward Farming. How are you? I'm dandy. I <laughs> I was telling you before we started recording that I spent about a half hour looking for my house keys in my car. So that was that was fun. So now I'm coming to you live from the barn. Yeah, it's definitely like a very Monday feeling Wednesday. We're recording before a Monday night. We're recording before an episode goes out. That's crazy. Look at us. It's a year of growth and change. Way to go, 2024. Season we 5 do. is off to a hot start. We're going strong. <laughs> Check back next week and then see how we're doing. But right now, we're riding this high. Yeah, no doubt. Tonight is going to be super fun, though. We have our first guest of the season. Um, yeah. I know. I think I personally started following her after one of her like chef's kiss sweet drone harvest videos mm. where they were just like perfectly timed with the beat and I was like I need her to be my friend um so if you don't know who we're talking about by now we have the one and only Emma you might know her as egg with Emma so welcome to the podcast yes thank you for having me it's always egg with Emma in Wisconsin <laughs> Things? The what? Yeah, do people call do people call you other things? Like I'm, no, I'm just gonna call you like egg a, with Emma. It's egg, not ag, because you guys say the eggs like getting the cat. Oh, not you're making fun of us. I see. <laughs> that went right over my. Head. I was like, that's that so sounds funny. normal. What's wrong with egg with Emma? It's eggs with Emma. <laughs> Wait, so it's. What I'm is already crying. Ag, ag. Ag. ag with Emma. Yeah, That's like you right. guys say it's agriculture, we say agriculture in the rest of the world. It's probably the cheese like and cranberries bag. getting to your taste buds. <laughs> I'm not even mad about it. <laughs> it's just so funny. I always have to give you guys crap about that. <laughs> Uh, I, was I like, don't hear anything yeah, wrong with it, so it, it sounds Everyone good. else does! <laughs> okay, anyway. So anyway, right. bye. Oh, nice talking God. to you. Have a good rest of your season. <laughs> We're done. All right. I was good. not prepared for that. Anyway, uh, so Emma, thanks for coming on and roasting us on our own podcast. Oh yeah, for sure. You gotta get it right out of the bag. <laughs> Besides the cool drone shots, I'm also high class roaster and very motivated. <laughs> had to add that to your resume. Uh, speaking of resume, um, let's <clears throat> switching gears. Uh, you. <laughs> You Bounce were pretty the... interesting. Let's, let's just jump into the egg side of things. Uh, <laughs> you you got a pretty interesting resume. Let's give our listeners a little bit of your background because it's a little unique um, than what I think a lot of people are used to seeing. How did you start out? Where are you at? I see you moving around all the time. So um, 
walk us through walk us through that whole process. Uh, well, if you want the whole process from beginning to where I'm at now, this is it all ties into my story. But like, I was born in New Hampshire, right, way across in the East Coast. Um, and then my mom married a farmer, a dairy farmer from Wisconsin, actually. So we're around that area. Um, I lived in Wisconsin, Wisconsin, in the Bay. Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I grew up in Wisconsin for a little bit. Um, there's a dairy out there that my grandparents own. It's like a family generational thing. But then my father decided that he wanted to go out to Washington. He started getting into like the HVAC stuff. So he kind of like left the farming stuff and we moved to Washington state. And then they got divorced. My parents did. And my mom remarried a farm manager from Southern Idaho. So that was when I was in about fourth grade. Um, And then we moved down here. And ever since then, I grew up in Idaho. I, you know, we just stayed in the same kind of area. We moved around a little bit. But since my father, my new dad wasn't a actual like farmer like he didn't own it it was a, it wasn't a family farm I was not as involved in that so I never really got to operate equipment when I was younger um I had like a milk cow for my 12th birthday that I asked for it was a brown swiss and she was named dove and we like would breed Aww. her and milk her and all that stuff so we would raise steers in the backyard on three acres kind of thing we lived out of town I had like the agricultural experiences just not the kind of like traditional what people think of when they're like oh yeah I was raised as a farm kid I was lucky to be able to be involved in FFA pretty regularly and out through high school and then I worked for research and development extension office in my town after I graduated high school I decided I want to go to college at a community college and I majored in agriculture but I started in horticulture because I thought I was like going to be like the research and development my whole life and then I got bored Um, so I was like I want to go operate equipment after I graduated college and right before I graduated college is when I started the ag with Emma thing so I it was like April I graduated in May and then that summer I worked on the sugar snap pea farm and then I went to school in the fall to go get my bachelor's degree but then in February after I went to school I was like screw this it's boring and dumb I'm tired of it dropped out went to go work on like irrigation maintenance stuff in a shop in Idaho on a family farm um because the day I dropped out I drove like nine hours to go home (laughs) and I went and sat my college professor's uh office from when I got my associates. He was like my homie. He's helped me through a lot of stuff. We actually used to have a podcast that we did together during the summers, but we don't do that anymore. So I went and sat in his office and I'm like, dude, I'm done with college. And he's like, I can see that. And so I went and got a job the next day based on a recommendation and actually a previous like guy that we had on a podcast the summer before. Um, So I helped them until May of 2022. And then on uh, May of 2022, I went down to Oklahoma and I started on custom harvest. And that was the first time I ever ran a grain cart or ever was around combines um, because that's just not how I grew up. Like I might've seen a combine. I was like, oh, what's that? You know, kind of thing. Um, And then I did that for six months from May to November of 2022. And then after I was done with that, um, I went and did the next sat for a day in South Dakota, and that's kind of like went really big on the internet last year. Um, I think that video on YouTube, the long form, has like over a million views now. Um, so everyone always asks me about the next sat. That's where that fits. Is right after harvest of 2022, I went and saw the next sat, and then I went to Australia for a month. I came back, and then in between January and April of 2023, I was doing farm tours, farm shows. I was helping Farm for Profit with their podcast and editing 
not editing videos. I was helping them post on social media and stuff like that. So they would invite me to go to farm shows with them to get media coverage while they were there and just, you know, line out guests, meet new people, make connections. It was super beneficial. And then in May of 2023, I started working in North Dakota for a farmer that I met when I was on Custom Harvest that we harvested for. And I've been working there ever since. And then yesterday, so today is January 17th. Yesterday, I drove from North Dakota to Idaho. And this is, you know, my home base. It's where I keep all my stuff. It's where I send my taxes, like all the stuff, like all my everything is resided here. <laughs> um, so I came back. I need to regroup after we're done recording this repack. And then tomorrow I'm leaving to California to go help my dad plant potatoes. And then... I'll probably go to the World Ag Expo down there, so I won't be going to the Kentucky Farm Show because I've been there the last two years. But um, after that, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'll probably go back up to North Dakota. Um, that's the plan right now. But something, you know, as you just heard in the last five minutes of my bliss, <laughs> everything never goes to plan. So we'll see how that goes. My first question for you, how is your anxiety? I have a lot of it. <laughs> like, really bad. I need to see a therapist. I was going to do that this year, and then I didn't find a therapist because I have anxiety. <laughs> so, yes. So I <laughs> you are among friends. You totally understand. Yeah. I Like, it's been really bad. I well, I can imagine you're like bouncing around all the time, which is a absolutely incredible. Um, but B, I'm sure it, like it takes a toll on you sometimes. You know, like it, it probably sometimes you're probably like, "Wow, it'd be easier if I just stayed in one place." And yeah, then if you I get like more had a home. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's the problem. I get bored, and then I'm like, "Oh, this is not good." So the anxiety makes me get bored, and the anxiety also like prevents me from you know, staying in one place. So yeah. Oh, to be young. <laughs> yeah, I'm 22. If anyone's wondering, my whole life ahead of me is what everyone tells me all the time. And I'm like, shouldn't need hip replacements by next year with how much I do. <laughs> I am so I'm so fascinated, though, how you can just bounce to bounce in different environments and just pick up new jobs so easily well you know from social media it seems like you do it so easily and flawlessly what has been the biggest challenge from learning how to drive equipment or is it working with new people all the time or are you just kind of like meh whatever I'll figure it out when I get there I definitely have the meh whatever vibes going on um the driving new equipment is always what intimidates me the most because it's not my equipment and I've been known to not have to do mistakes. Like when I mess something up on equipment, I make sure it's expensive. You know, it's not like, a, oh, sorry, this wire snapped in a five minute fix. It's like, oh, sorry, I bent the rim and popped this tire off in the ditch. Hope you have fun waiting for that, <laughs> you know, so and they can't take it out of your paycheck because it's just part of the job. And you're like, oh, so I have done that. And then uh, most of the time, I don't know, I feel like I'm too cautious of an operator and I know that's not a thing for most people like oh you can definitely be too cautious though and I definitely have been kind of in that little saddle of riding the cautious train because just back to the it's not my equipment I'd rather take an extra five to 20 minutes to get a job done than mess something up and have someone mad at me so like yeah if it takes me extra time to do something I have 
fully accepted that I will be the slowpoke around the farm kind of thing. And everyone's always talking about efficiency, but I'm like, it's also efficient to not be sitting around waiting on equipment to get fixed. So I feel that's kind of the different thought process between men and women, though, sometimes, too, is like the men are just like, go, 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 go all the time. And (laughs) women are just like, well, I can still go, but I'm going to be safe about it. Like, you don't have to Like five minutes is five minutes. Clear tits, Mm -hmm. dude. Um, that's, that's super interesting. Like I give you a lot of credit for doing that and then, and then doing all of the, the social media stuff along with it is, bless you. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to make it go <laughs> Anyways, like how, yes. How did you teach yourself? Did you teach yourself? Okay. One, did you teach yourself everything that you know? Like how to drive equipment? Did you teach your, do you have to teach yourself like how to fix stuff? Did you teach yourself how to do drone stuff, how to edit, like all that stuff? Because you're so good at everything. I don't understand how, like, be bad at something, please. Like, what? Oh, I'm bad. I'm bad at plenty of things. I don't share a lot of that on the internet, though. Um, so when I when it comes to like learning how to operate new equipment, I always have a buddy seat rider when I'm learning that stuff. So when I learned how to ride, like, run grain cart, actually, when we went down for harvest, the first day I got there it was my 21st birthday. So we, uh, we partied, uh, and then the next day, you know, you're hungover in Oklahoma and they're like, yep, time to change all of the semi tires. And I'm like, how do you even change tires? Like I was always told you have to take it to the tire shop. So we're out there popping tires off rims and popping tires back on. And the boys had to do all the, like the, you know, maneuvering with the sticks because they all have the right balance and the muscles to do so. But like, it's just been a, you're always with someone learning, it seems like. And I've just been super fortunate to find people that are very patient with me. Um, and I tend to catch on very quickly. So like, you only have to tell me like once or twice and then it's in. And once I mess up, like I will never do that again, you know, because I was the tire story, for example, when I popped a tire off the rim on the grain cart and bent the crap out of the rim, um, like, I will never cross that crossing again. Like, I will never, I always overcorrect on a culvert or a ditch crossing because that's what happened. I pulled into, it was like a weird intersection. There was a culvert and a stop sign, like that much space to turn. And I had watched the other grain cart do it, you know, the tracked tractor that <laughs> just goes over everything. So I took my little ADAR over there and I was like, whoop de doo with my little tandem wheels. And it was like, bam. And I was like, I think I just popped a tire. And then I got out and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I got out on the radio and I was like, I messed up. <laughs> I'm sitting there like laughing because I laugh when I'm nervous and it pisses my bosses off. They're like, you should not be laughing right now. Like it doesn't piss them off, but they're just like, this is not funny. And I'm like, I know it's not funny. And I'm trying to laugh, but it's anxiety, dude. Um, So, you know, I, they get there and I'm like crying and laughing and they're like, you know, rolling their eyeballs and twitching out. So but it got fixed. It was fine. We put a different tire on. That was a makeshift solution and they ordered a new tire and we put it on. It was a learning experience. So learning to operate new equipment with confidence is definitely just something that you acquire. So I always get nervous to operate bigger stuff. Like I'd only operated IVT transmission before this year. So they stick me in a power shift tractor and I killed it so many times trying to move it because no one told me. But, you know, if they just throw you in the equipment, you figure it out. You know, they're going to sit there and laugh at you. But it's like you're going to figure it out. You're going to figure out how to move something. So that's the gist. I'm guessing you work with mostly males. I would assume. Yes. 
I, just because I know that I'm sure other people are are wondering. Um, obviously, the graphic speaks for itself. But like, have you had issues um, just along the way with like not maybe not the boss, but like other crew members just giving you a hard time, literally just because you don't have a PP. Mm. Most okay. of the time, I gain the respect <laughs> without the PPs. Do we edit that out? I don't know. What? We're boy moms. <laughs> Can you uh, tell? And I would say Willie. So there's that. It's it is what it is. The anatomy that affects what we do with our lives. Um, but I know. Like, I struggle with the whole, it's a weird dilemma, because I don't ride the women in ag train, like, the whole, I can do anything because I'm a girl, like, anyone can do anything because they're a human being, like, that's how it is. That's just what I think. So when I have boys that don't respect me, I literally just laugh in their face, and then I go do it better than them. And my bosses have told me that I do the job better, so I'm like, and I don't try to be cocky about it, but it's just like, when you're more careful, when you're more observant to detail... It's just how it is. And there is a lot of people out there that are observant to detail and do operate well. But when the people on the internet, especially, like I face more of a problem with social media than I do in my workplace. North Dakota is a really nice place for me to work because all the guys, like, it's a guy environment and I'm one of the guys. So that's been really nice. On Harvest, I had some problems, but that's why I had to switch crews around in the middle of the season and I got a lot of backlash for that because you know uh, he jumped crews he didn't really do harvest and the kind of like ag mentality of having to ride it out until it's done but not accepting the fact that other stuff happens and there's people that you're not compatible with along the way so that mentality is something I'd rather focus on shifting than just focusing on like me being a girl so which is what I've tried to do um so just like the mentality around who can work better and who can operate better. I get called a steering wheel holder all the time. And I'm like, I don't remember you signing my paychecks. Sorry, bud. Like, I'm sorry it offends you that I get to do all this cool stuff and I have all these skills and no one knows what you do because you don't have the balls to post about it. You know, that's the only difference between me and someone calling me a steering wheel holder is they don't want to post about it. Well, they're probably in their mom's basement. Sorry. (laughs) They don't have a steering wheel to hold. Yeah. Yeah. My mom doesn't have a basement. I was <laughs> can't relate to those guys. <laughs> I wish I could, but my mom doesn't have a freaking basement. <laughs> Sorry, right, that's the episode title. My mom doesn't have a freaking basement. <laughs> <laughs> Not the last time I checked. Anyway, I forgot if she has a basement. Text her right now. Do you have a basement? It's important. She used to, and then she moved. It's really important for the purposes of my call. So, yeah. But my family moves around more than I do, so everyone's like, how do you cope with, like, moving around all the time? Don't you miss home? And I'm like... My mom lives in California now. She moved in Iowa. She lived in Idaho. Like, she's been all over the place. Do you think that's kind of helped you, like, or accelerated to your need for like adventure and stuff just kind of the way that you grew up and like continuing to to do that oh yeah for sure and the childhood trauma that didn't help at all so (laughs) i'm like the 
driving hammer force on the nail. No. I really I think we need to get a therapist on here. No, I'm not even joking. He went so bad. So Emma, I'm gonna make a goal for you for 2024. We're gonna I get find you find a therapist. We're gonna find you a therapist. It's so funny because everyone's like, Emma, you're so perfect, and I'm sitting there like so yeah laughing laughing is good too i you you just laugh through it girl i'm gonna laugh with you it's just the part of the real life stuff like i don't openly share that i need a therapist all the time but if like i talk about everything about my life like i really don't care who knows what it's like yep i have anxiety and childhood trauma buddy buckle up (laughs) So, it's funny. But yeah, I am working on finding a therapist for real, though. I think most people need one in their lives, so I just need a trauma therapist. (laughs) And those are hard to find good ones. Anyway, not to make that serious, next question. Do you have... Okay, you've honestly been involved with, like, different sectors of agriculture and, like, helped out Mm -hmm. with different harvests. Do you have, like, a dream harvest? Like, a... You know, obviously you've done, like, wheat and stuff. Do you have, like, I don't know, like, a dream harvest to help with? I really want to help out with sugarcane harvest someday, just because that's not what a lot of people get to do. I've done, like, the cotton thing. It'd be cool to run in a field with, like, a bunch of cotton strippers. But I think sugarcane is, like, kind of like a... It's a new foreign thing for me. I used to be obsessed with, like, going to run cotton something or, you know, or, like, grapes. Uh, the like fruit inside of things i really need to call up a couple friends in like california washington like cranberry harvest yeah that always looks cool i always watch amber's videos religiously i'm like oh she posted another one they get to watch all the water stuff and i'm like so i love that well there you go you found a harvest member this fall amber yeah i mean our harvest isn't as long as like grow crop harvest or whatever but Mm -hmm. if you want to come for a month i've got boots for you yeah. Yeah. Come to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, I seriously need to though because Wisconsin. So like, since I think everyone writes Wisconsin off as like the dairy state because it is, but there's also so much over there. Like you guys do potatoes. No one talks about Wisconsin potatoes because it's Idaho potatoes because those are more important. But Wisconsin does those too. <laughs> Yeah, we there's a lot of really uh, special crops in Wisconsin that don't mm-hmm. get talked about enough, and that's kind of what we try to do is find a lot of these specialty crops and talk about them on a podcast. Like we had um, a horseradish farm on, and we talked about that. We talked about uh, ginseng with a ginseng farmer. Like just a lot of these really random things that you don't think of when you think of Wisconsin. Wisconsin egg. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really cool place to go. I just don't make it over there a lot. Our gr- oh, you guys froze. You froze. You froze. <laughs> yeah, I think you were talking and we were talking. Delay. Oh. What did you say? I said I'm going to be trying to pronounce agriculture all night. <laughs> I know. Now I'm going to be conscious of how I say egg. Um, you say it with a big mouth. <laughs> I do say it with a big mouth. Egg. Egg. <laughs> What's the difference between eggs and ag for you guys? Eggs. Egg. Eggs. 
Tell yeah. me that doesn't sound... When you guys post this podcast, rewind to that part and tell me they don't sound the same. Yeah, get your ears checked after you go to your therapist. Tell you what. Yes, I agree. Do a bundle I deal. Go, I need to go to the dentist, get my ears checked, make sure my eyeballs still work. As a mother, Emma, we're telling you, go get your doctor's appointments lined up. Yeah, I need to. I got call for That's- I don't like doing that. <laughs> That's the problem with moving around so much is I never get established anywhere long enough to be like, who's the dentist in this area? <laughs> you know, I was so close in North Dakota and that I'm going to California for, you know, two months. So I'm like, Ugh. um, so is, have you, oh yeah, go no, ahead. I'm, I'm just going to say that's kind of an interesting turn of events. Are you like on your parents' insurance yet then? Or how mm-hmm. do you, okay. I was going to say like moving yeah. around, I, I imagine it'd be hard to, I don't know, keep up with insurance. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm still milking that goat. I'm on the parents' insurance, the parents' phone plan. I'm very babied. There you go. I don't have a lot of bills, which is nice. Like, I pay my pickup payment, and then I'll pay for, like, electricity when I'm staying places most of the time. Like, I'll ask them if there's anything I can do. Like, I'll buy groceries or something like that if I have to live with someone else. Um, But for the most part, like, my parents pull my phone plan out of my bank account automatically. Like, it's all set up so that the money just goes in and out, and I forget that I have bills. So it's like, you know. But I'm single and in my 20s, so it's not like there should be a lot of bills anyways. And not having to pay rent is just the icing on the cake. Have you done anything so far in your career where you thought you would come back for a second season? Um, Definitely North Dakota. I really wanted to go on Harvest, but the lack of stability there is kind of undesirable and just, you know. I'd like to be around more people that I can kind of build a community around. You can do that on Harvest if you're really dedicated to it, but I don't think that's something. I also have to think about, like, there's going to be a point in time that I have to, like, think about raising a family because that's been my goal forever is, like, you know, as a girl has always been, like, I just want to be a mom. So um, when I'm, like, at jobs and in communities, I'm like, okay, is this somewhere I could see myself staying? And if it's not, then I leave and I go find another one. If it's not, that's not it. It's like that book, Are You My Mother? (laughs) But me with different places. (laughs) And it's mostly just for the experience. So it's like, I'm getting to experience all these things before I'm actually like have a family that I have to stay put for, you know? So there's a lot of pros, a lot of cons, but it always works out that there's a lot more pros than cons. What advice would you give for someone who's kind of in your situation that didn't necessarily grow up on a family farm, but still wants to have that kind of environment or just, especially as a female, it's so hard to put yourself out there to a mostly like a male farm and be like, Hey, can I work for you? Um, What advice would you give to other women who are looking to get involved in agriculture, um, especially on the farm side to just put themselves out there? Cause that takes a lot of a lot of balls <laughs> as a, as a yeah. woman to, to approach someone for a job like that. Well, honestly, I think you said it, it takes a lot of balls. So strap your balls on and get to it. You know, it's <laughs> like you, sometimes you can't, I used to be really bad about just sitting there and overthinking things. And I still do it all the time, but the, the action of acting is the most important thing. Like that is what's going to get you places. And I get a lot of messages all the time. And I don't even get to respond to half of them because I'll see them. And then I want to formulate like the perfect response and then respond. And then I forget the messages there. So if you're listening to this and I've, you know, you've messaged me and I haven't gotten back to you, I'm sorry. Listen to this. (laughs) But um, when you're approaching people and you want to like get into the boat of 
I want to go do all these things. I see Emma doing this stuff. I want to go do it. Like you literally just have to open your mouth and take no as a compliment and move on because people are going to tell you no, like people are going to be able to handle being able to train you. There's some operations that cannot logistically like take you on and you have to take that into account. So no is not about your experience. It's about how they are as a workplace. Cause like I talked to a bunch of harvesters about this. They said that sometimes they don't have enough people to train you and that's what you got to look for. So when you're looking for operations to go work on, it's just better if you take into account like the size of the operation, what your goal is and be honest with yourself about your experience, be honest with them Say, I really just want to learn and like, I can't guarantee that this will be a long-term thing, but I can guarantee that I'll like give it my best effort. So it really helps when I sign on to places like they know that I could just not dip out on them, but I tell them ahead of time, like, this is the time frame I'm thinking. Um, what can I do for you in this time frame? What can you teach me? So then we take that, we roll with it. And then at the time that that time comes to an end, I'm like, Hey, I really liked working with you. Can we keep going on this? Um, then we do that but like with harvest I don't know how like it's always better to try and stick out a whole season so like if you're only going to be around for fall harvest like be honest with someone about that like hey I want to learn how to run a grain cart can I learn this fall that's a shorter term thing and you're not committed to the whole shop work in the winter you know planting in the spring if you want to go plant be like hey do you have a room for an extra operator or do you know someone that does uh if someone's telling you no ask them if they know someone else that can help you because most of the time they're always going to have that network and everyone is always talking and everyone needs more help nowadays but just the capabilities of someone to take someone on depends on like I said their operation and your experience tying up together yeah on the flip side like for us as an employer uh, we get people all the time stopping by asking like hey are you looking for work um, and we just don't have the capacity for that. Like we, we don't have the capacity just to hire someone for harvest a lot of the time. Um, or like for, for someone like you, who's just kind of like passing through, we don't have like room and board available for them. We don't have like, we don't have those kind of, um, means like we would have to put you up in a hotel or something that's like 15 minutes away. And that doesn't make sense a lot of times. So, um, like for us, for example, we're always looking for more local people. So if someone does say no, just keep in mind, like their operation might be small enough where they don't have the ability to put you up somewhere or make it convenient for everybody involved. So yeah, but we, we could find someone just, yeah. Like, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Just ask, like, if you don't, do you know somebody that does? And they probably do. They'll give you another name or another number, whatever. So yeah, I think like for me too, like, anxiety is the biggest thing to hold you back from from trying but it just have to remember that it just takes like a split second of courage to start and just roll with that even if you're if, even if you're like shitting pickles like right beforehand Literally. just like your armpits are going to be dripping like, sweat a, and your girl yes. <laughs> drink of tears but it's gonna be my, worth it <laughs> my hands are sweaty just thinking about it but just Literally. wipe them off take a <laughs> take a breath and just go go do it um yeah, then you'll, then you'll be like Emma and you can just ask and, and find someone that will say yes. How, like, what what are your plans next? I mean, I know you said you're going to go do potatoes uh, mm-hmm. and stuff, but if if you, in, in an ideal world, say in like five years from now, 
what do you see yourself doing? Do you see yourself just continuing to move until you find a place that feels like home? Or are you like in five years, like if, if this isn't, if you're not finding a place like in the field, are you okay with like taking a different approach to things or like, have you thought that far ahead? Are you just kind of like a month by month, see how it goes kind of person? Well, last year I kind of like a hard question. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's totally fine. It's something I need to think about. You're making me think about it. You're like my therapist right now. (laughs) I got you. Um, I've thought about it a lot and I'm like, moving around really isn't sustainable on a person, but like not paying, you know, I don't pay the normal living expenses like everyone else does. So when everyone else is like struggling with how the economy is, I'm like, I can't really relate, you know, because I just bounce around. Mm -hmm. So that's a pro to it. But also like, I want somewhere that I can just be, you know, because I want somewhere like I want to travel. But I also like the consistency of enjoying a season, like seeing your hard work, like be finished. It's just so rewarding. And the winter is slow. It drives me nuts. But that's where what I've built the last three years comes into play because there's all these people that are still doing other things during the winter. Um, Like, for example, going down to help my dad, like there's always something going on. So ideal world is that I settle down in a place with like low population, uh, very rural area. North Dakota is perfect for that. Um, And then like when I have a family someday, I don't know how long I'll be able to keep doing the operator stuff, you know, because it's just you have to think about that. And like you see people all the time bring their kids along and stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just don't know what my situation is going to look like when the time comes for that. So And I don't own an operation. My family doesn't own an operation. So it's like, okay, do I need to go back and get some more education so that I can stay within the agricultural realm of things, but maybe have an office job or like keep doing the social media thing? Because that is a brand new, like, that's a path to consider because I make money off of that. And, you know, so in an ideal situation, I'd have a very rich (laughs) sugar daddy or nice husband. (laughs) that owns an operation that lets me come and make videos with all this stuff and then I get to operate and like be his little partner but it always works out less than ideally for me so I'm not banking on that opportunity presenting itself so I just roll with the punches but perfect world low population farm I really want to own something someday but like literally the prices in the economy is just like why would I, it's more fun to not be responsible for that right now. I'm like, I don't need to worry about that till I'm maybe 30, you know. <laughs> That's still yeah. a long ways away. <laughs> don't rub it in. I don't want to hear how far away you are from 30. Uh, so anyway, uh, since you are a youth, talk to me about social media. Because I feel... <clears throat> I have my thoughts on it, but I would like to hear your thoughts on social media and putting yourself out there. Um, how how did you get started? What what helped you kind of really take off? What platforms do you see the most um, beneficial? Maybe is the right word. Like, what what is your approach with social media? Are you like the quote unquote like influencer style where you I know you're not, but are you more of like the educational type? You know, I feel like there's two distinct paths that you can take as like an egg person. It's either more of like the influencer route or more of like the educational. Walk me through, walk me through your social media approach and how you got to the point you're at now. 
Okay, so when I was graduating college, like I had referenced to earlier, um, I I was the person that didn't know like jack squat about anything. Like, I don't know if it was just my common sense exiting the room, you know, or like if I didn't pay attention because with everything that had been happening in my life when I was younger, like that is completely logical. Like I did not retain a lot of information. I don't remember most of it. <laughs> it's a mess, but it's like, I think that honestly plays a role into how I've approached everything else. So when I was in graduating college, it was April of 2021. It was National Ag Month. And I started sharing all these things that I had learned through college. I was an ag ambassador. I got like a kind of, you know, I'd learned all this stuff in classes. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to share it. And then I wanted to stop annoying my close friends on my Instagram story because I'd share a fact a day like, oh, there's 11 genetically modified organisms or there's this amount of grams of protein in a steak versus this is how many cups of broccoli you have to consume to get that much protein. So eat your steak. Or this is what AIing a cow looks like. And I had a little diagram that had this <laughs> posted on my story. And that's when I was like, I think this has gone too far. And so after that, I started, a, I can't remember what I did first. I started a YouTube in April of 2021, like the 6th of April. I was sitting in my car, my apartment parking lot, and I recorded a video. And then I went into YouTube to go post it. And I thought you could edit all the videos in YouTube. And I went to post it. And I was like, why can't I edit? Where's the edit? Like, and I genuinely thought that no one else was doing this. I thought I was being so like smart and new and innovative and be like, I'm going to post about agriculture. And then, you know, doing that, I found this whole network of people like you guys and all the other people that I've met up with. And I was like, oh, I am not an original thought, you know? <laughs> So after I started that, I started my Instagram um, to separate my personal life from my sharing life. And I didn't even expect it to get big. I just wanted to be able to communicate with people without them knowing like everything about me, my dog and my aunt's dead goldfish, you know. So like that's why I separated it. Originally, it was farming with Emma, but then I knew like I was going to do I wasn't a farmer, you know, because I just farmhand stuff. And then I was going to do more than just farming so, um, I started with those. The YouTube was just to show like my grandparents and family what I did at work. That was it. Like I filmed that. I had to check with my boss. I was super nervous to ask my boss. I was like, this is going to sound super dumb. Can I, but can I record what we do at work? And so I would have to like ask for his help to like hold the camera or like let me film him. Um, so that was all like, I can't, that was like, that made me so anxious when I did that so many years ago. But now it's like, Hey, shoddy. <laughs> But um, that's what I, that's how I started was on YouTube. And I knew nothing about YouTube. I don't watch YouTube. Like, even now, I don't watch YouTube. Like, it's just, it's some platform that's like, but it's also my most beneficial platform. It's where my audience has been most genuine. Um, it's kind of like retaining that audience. You get more return viewers and everything like that. So right now, I'm sitting at like 228,000 subscribers on that. Because, yeah, it's... I had a reel go viral and it was for all the wrong reasons. And then I privated the reel because it's not the audience that I wanted. So I was like, you're done. I accomplished something here and I'm going to put it away. Um, so yeah, but, and then in July of 2021, I made a TikTok about, um, the jabby and GMOs <laughs> that went like absolutely knockers overnight. I woke up and I had like you know, a thousand followers. And I was like, whoa. And then I privated all my personal videos because it was literally just my personal account. And then I renamed it to Ag with them. And I was like, guess this is what we're going with. So like literally rolling with the punches since like all of that. 
And then on TikTok, I realized like, oh, this is like so much power to like educate people. So then right after that GMO TikTok, I made one about antibiotics and meat. And I just was using audios and lip syncing. Like I wasn't talking. I didn't really, I knew what I was talking about, but not really applying it. So I think in terms of that, that's when I started all those. And then I was doing ag fact quizzes on Twi- TikTok. I kind of got sucked into like making TikTok content and then just posting um, pictures on Instagram. Like it was very traditional. And then I started posting reels on Instagram. I got into the drone stuff during harvest, like Becca was talking about. That was like chef kiss. Everyone loves that. Um, so that's when I started doing that. And then, I don't know, everything kind of does well on all platforms. I also started getting into the Twitter thing and I just post everything on every platform. So it takes a little bit of work. And like when I post content, I'm stuck on my phone for like an hour and a half, just like making sure I post everything and then like refreshing every two seconds to make sure I didn't get any bad comments right off the bat and engaging and stuff like that. But I think most beneficial is probably my YouTube. Um, I get to share a lot more educational context. Like you said, I don't go the influencer route. It's definitely like the education route. Um, I stopped the lip syncing and stopped the dancing. Like I still do funny stuff sometimes and I try to be like, oh, but I'm like, oh, that's not, that's not my spot to shine. The stuff that really like does well is when I'm educating. And then when I blew up on YouTube, my blow up to 10 K, which sounds like really tiny now, but it's like a lot. <laughs> um, it's a lot. Yeah. Was when I went to Larson's farms and millennial farmer. So I started collaborating with other people that had that audience and they're like, yeah, we'd love to work with you. Um, and I just, like I said before, like everyone's like, oh my gosh, how'd you meet up with those guys? And they're just like, they're my friends now. Um, and I just asked them, like I shot them a message. Um, they're like, hey, would love to meet you. Like they started following me on TikTok. I was shot them a message because like once you follow people on TikTok, you know, they see your messages. It's not just mm-hmm. a request at that point. And then Larson Farms, I actually stood in line at National Farm Machinery Show and waited and I was like hey I'm going to see Zach in whatever day and I'd love to swing by you guys too because I know you're close so I made a 5,000 mile road trip to make videos with farmers all over the place that spring and that's when YouTube set off really good um so there's no shame in the game of collaboration um because it's not always a guarantee that's going to help you blow up if your content is not there you're not going to get the following off that and the views like if you don't present yourself already so a one-time shot is not gonna benefit you if you are not prepared and like actually take it seriously so yeah and then i just kept doing it the consistency of your content is important um and then you never know what's gonna blow up so what uh programs do you use to edit your videos now cap cut so Me too. I use that on the desktop and I got the pro version because I like some more of the fonts. I get all the fancy stuff. It's only like $6 a month. I'm like, woo! <laughs> it's like a large iced coffee per month. You're fine. <laughs> That's how I so, view things too. It's like, I'll just cut out a coffee this month and it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I use. I have it on my desktop. I edit most of my stuff on my phone. So I have, I'm looking at it now. Um, I also got the TikTok repost downloaded on my phone. So it's called talk repost. And then I can download my TikToks without the TikTok watermark on it. And that helps your content do better because it doesn't have watermarks from other platforms on it. Um, But yeah, it's just DJI, CapCut, Insta360. Um, The Insta360 is actually a camera and I just strap that to equipment sometimes. But it's really hard to like edit in the software. So I haven't used a lot of that. I tend to like get ambitious about getting new equipment and then it's harder to use than I thought it would be. And that's why I always default to the phone. So I still do everything on my phone. Mostly I make longer form videos on my computer, but 
Yeah, that's how I you, do it. You posted something like not that long ago <laughs> where you said that you like find this song and then you edit your clips to like the beat of the song. And I like my mind was just blown. I was like, that makes so much more sense <laughs> than just like slapping it on top. I was like, ah, you're teaching me something. So if you want to make like more content like that for like old folks like me, please do because that was Have like, a small thing. Content. Yes, I would love, I would eat that out of your hand. Like I would subscribe <laughs> like a dollar a month. If, a dollar, if you I'll do, do it 99 a, cents. A 99 discount. cents. And, and that's, that's, that's my max. That's all I'm going to be willing Perfect. to pay. I'm just kidding. An iced coffee a month. Just, just like a drop of an iced coffee a month. Literally. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but like stuff like that was so interesting. So thank you for teaching me something new. Oh, and yeah. Your content. Your content always is super interesting um, and always fun to follow. So I, I give you a big round of applause because you're teaching so many people so many different things. And like like you said, 10,000 doesn't seem like a, a lot now. But when you picture like 240,000 people in a stadium or like even as a city, that's so many people that you're reaching with, with your videos and your messages. So kudos to you you are are a true powerhouse in the egg industry and and showing so many people so many cool things that they might not see otherwise so keep it up we're all rooting for you um i'm excited to see potatoes soon yes potatoes will be fun that'll be like next week i'm excited to see that and excited to see where you end up this fall for harvest and everything in between so keep on keeping on if you're ever in wisconsin let me know even if you're not in Wisconsin, in, you're in the Midwest, <laughs> yeah. let me know. Let me know. I'm not that far away from you guys when I'm in North Dakota. So I might have to make just like a special trip sometime. Because that's, sometimes that's just what it takes. It's like, I can't. It gets, there's so many people that want me to like. You're just a popular so. girl. I get it. I get it. No, I mean, no, I, not I, like I don't, that. But I get <laughs> There's just so many things to see. <laughs> So I really like making dedicated trips and like basing stuff around that. And cranberries has been on my list because I'm like, everyone needs to see that. And you make cool videos. And I'm like, I repost them all the time. So I'm like, watch you this. Do. <laughs> yes, I appreciate you. I get a lot of followers from you. So if you <laughs> oh, perfect. I love that. I love to hear that stuff because I'm like, you deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're making me blush. Anyway, nope. I, I know you got stuff to do tonight, so I don't want to keep you too long. But thank you, Emma. Um, if people aren't following you yet, um, where can they find you on all the platforms? It's at Ag with Emma everywhere. And so I, I don't will, think there's a platform that I'm not on. I'll tag you in the show notes below. So it'll just be a one stop shop for our listeners. But thank you again, Emma. Doing You're doing great, sweetie. I'm proud of you. Keep on, <laughs> keep on keeping on. We love following you um, and seeing what you come up with next. So Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you learned a little something um, and you can make fun of the way that we say egg because I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I literally, uh, there needs to be an audio clip on TikTok, egg and eggs. <laughs> just gonna- I'm just going to, no, you, the, the title of your episode is going to be eggs with Emma and people are going to be so confused. <laughs> be so funny. Actually, so yes, confused. that's, that's going to be perfect. <laughs> That's going to be our clickbait title, Eggs with Emma. Eggs with Emma. What kind of eggs? We don't know. We don't know. Perfect. Well, thank you for having me on. It was so fun to talk with you guys. 
Uh, if you guys aren't following us yet, uh, check us out, Ford Farming Podcast. Oh, my kid's crying, so that's a good sign to go. Uh, Ford Farming Podcast on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, wherever wherever you can find us. Um, I'm over at Cranberry Chats, and Becca is over at Becca Hilby. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye!